You are now listening to the Verify Phenoms podcast. In this show, we speak with individuals who have come from all walks of life and have overcome the mental limitations of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and overthinking. Get your notebook ready and stay tuned to learn how you can win your mental battles and become a verifying phenom as well. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bared Five Phenoms, where we talk to people that have overcome anxiety, overthinking, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism to be able to get to the next stage of their life. And today we have with us Kevin Paul Mary. Kevin is the founder and co-host of the Next Level University podcast. Early in his life, Kevin found success, but after a brush with near suicide, he realized he wasn't living the life that he truly wanted. He became passionate about self-improvement and decided to make it his purpose in life to impact as many people as possible and become a role model podcaster and speaker. He has succeeded his podcast to become one of the top 100, top 100, and with over 1,450 episodes and is now listened to in over 125 countries. Kevin, 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 thank you so much (laughs) for being with us on this fine Tuesday morning. How are you doing? I'm living the dream. As I said, I said it behind the scenes. I got to say in front of the scenes, I'm living the dream. I appreciate you very much for having me. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. And I am excited to chat and see where we end up today, my friend. Ah, man. Love it, love it, love it. So as we were just talking, uh, you got a chance to hear on the other show that I like to do rapid fire questions. (laughs) 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 So I, I think today they're not going to be as difficult because I'm going to come up with these rapid fire questions off the dome. So I typically have them written down. So we're both going to be going rapid fire. Is that cool with you? That's cool with me, my friend. All right. All right. You ready? Yes. Favorite Disney character? My goodness. Aladdin. Oh, okay. If you had to be stuck on an island, what two items would you have? Microphone (laughs) and laptop. Okay. If you were to, would you rather be stuck in the ocean or would you rather be stuck in the air with like a really sustainable aircraft? Uh, Ocean a million times out of a million. My first biggest fear is planes. My second biggest fear is sharks. I'll take sharks. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, If you could cook only one dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Homemade pizza. With toppings. Pepperoni, feta, well done. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you could play one sport, only one sport, professionally, what would it be? Mixed martial arts. Oh, okay. Do you already <laughs> do mixed martial arts? I was tr- I trained to fight professionally in high school, tore my shoulder. That was mm-hmm. kind of the end of it. But I still do Muay Thai, and I, I still do my own kind of thing now, yeah. Okay, nice. Well, was it that hard? No, that was... I told Phenom behind the scenes, I said, if you ask me anything about geography, we are in trouble. So I, those were good. I appreciate it very much. Of course, of course, of course. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. First of all, you know, being able to impact over thousands and thousands of lives, how do you feel whenever you step onto a stage or a podcast or whenever you're, you're making new pieces of content, you've been going through this journey for a while. Do you ever feel like a weight on your shoulders whenever you're you're going through your purpose at the moment? It's a great question. 
when I'm recording an episode, I don't think about anybody really listening. And then when you look at the numbers and there's thousands and thousands, that's when it gets a little bit weird. So when I'm recording, I'm not really thinking about any of that. I'm thinking about how do I add value? How do I stay present? And honestly, how do I stay myself? I want to make sure I'm myself and authentic. But there is definitely a pressure when you are someone who has a podcast about self-improvement and we do an episode every day about how to get better every single day. There is a pressure of, I don't really feel like I can miss. I don't feel like I can take a day off. I don't feel like I can take it easy. I don't feel like I can slow down. And sometimes that's heavy, but I also think it's a good piece of necessity to have because the second I stop growing, the second I am going to stop being able to impact people at the level I want. So yeah, when I'm recording, it's just me and I'm doing my thing and I'm enjoying it. And then when I'm thinking about overall self-improvement, sometimes there definitely is a weight or a slash pressure on the shoulders for sure. Mm. A day, daily episodes. I remember I tried doing that once. Mm. I was like, I'm going to do a hundred days of podcasting, just <laughs> <laughs> pop open a, an episode every single day. And it was tough. It was very oh, yeah. tough. Uh, so when it comes to showing and letting people know that you're going to show up every single day, did you ever feel as if that you weren't able to do that and that you couldn't commit to that? No, no, no. We're, we're very, I always say this. We're, so I have a co-host, Alan, that helps, right? There's extra necessity there. There's extra accountability, but this is our number one priority behind ourselves Mm. and our family. We Mm. will never miss an episode if I'm in the hospital, Alan will record. If Alan's in the hospital, I will I will record. It is something that we are very, very, very serious about. When we partnered up, that was the thing. We said, we're never going to miss. Are we good with that? Like, let's shake hands on that. Yes, we're never going to miss. So that is the way we've built our business. We do things daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. And it's just, that's it. We do a live event every year. We do group coaching every three months. That's just the way it goes for us. So we are we rely very heavily on our consistency and i do believe that is a quote unquote superpower that can set us apart from a lot of other people i love that i think that's really huge when it comes to you know others that are dealing with as we were saying earlier just like overthinking maybe imposter syndrome or anxiety sometimes people feel as if they are going through that battle by themselves mm-hmm. right and when you all started this business this podcast, this journey, you say, you know what, we're in this to win this, right? You told each other, we are essentially going to be accountability partners no matter what, right? How do you feel as if making sure that having accountability partner is the key to getting to that next step? Um, And how important is that to you all? And how do you think that somebody can find an accountability partner to make sure that's going to be valuable for what they're trying to get accomplished? I think most humans will do more for other people than they'll do for themselves. So for me, Mm. it's that old analogy of Alan's there waiting at the gym. I'm not going to make him wait. I'm going to be there and I'm going to get a good workout in. And the other thing too is if we're going to suffer, we're going to suffer together. There's been unreasonably challenging pieces of this journey, but at least there was someone there to shoulder the weight with me. So I would not be the man I am without having someone like that in my corner, then he would not be the man he is without having someone like me in his corner. But a lot of it is just because we force each other to keep going, to keep going, to keep going. So I cannot even imagine what reality would look like if that wasn't the case. What I would say is if you're looking for someone to help you be more accountable, more consistent, what I usually suggest is you look at core values. You look at core beliefs, 
and you look at core aspirations, if there's someone out there who wants to lose the same amount of weight as you, that's a similar core aspiration, you're most likely going to connect on that. If someone believes that, so one of their core beliefs is weight training is the way, okay, cool. You want to weight train more? Awesome. That's aligned. And then if somebody's core value is consistency and you want to be more consistent, you might connect on that. So usually I suggest looking at that core values, core beliefs, core aspirations. And the reason Alan and I work so well together is we have very, very similar, all three of those. So Mm. I might not want to work late. He might not want to work late, but it is our core value that we will be consistent. It is our core belief that if we do an episode every day forever, we'll be very successful and very impactful. And our aspiration is to have the most successful podcast in the self-improvement industry and the most successful business in the self-improvement industry. So those line up very nicely. I love that. When you said that, it it brought me back to when I was running cross country and track in college. And there were so many days where we just like me, I had an accountability partner on the team. I just did not want to get up because it was like (laughs) five o'clock in the morning. It was raining. It was cold. But I was just like, you know what? He's out there waiting for me. Right. And he was probably also thinking the same thing. He's out there (laughs) waiting for me. But little did we know that both of us did not want to get up. But it was the thought the single thought of, you know what, my partner is waiting for me. Let me not let them down. Right. Yep. So I love that you bring that up. I want to dive a little bit deeper, though, into what you were saying about the core values and the core goals, because that's that's different. And I think that's that's very important to touch on. How long did it take you to be able to figure out what your core values were? It came, That came with a lot of discovery. It makes sense when you look back. It's like, oh yeah, humility was always a core value. Okay, honesty was always a core value. Okay, character was always a core value. But it's almost like when you have more experiences, you're able to connect more dots. So if you ask yourself why, why do I feel very comfortable around this person but not very comfortable around this person? Or one of the examples I've used is if you feel dirty around someone, when you leave them, you feel dirty, you feel out of alignment, you feel like you weren't authentic. I'm willing to bet one of the reasons is you are sacrificing one of your core values. Mm. If you are able to reflect enough, then it starts to make sense. And then you can connect patterns of, oh, I love this person, this person, this, oh, they're all humble. Okay. The podcasts that I go on that I mesh with the best Mm. are usually the hosts that are most humble like yourself. The ones that I, I do not do well on are with arrogant hosts. It's just like a, it's a whole thing. It's an energetic fight the whole time. Oh, okay, why is that? So I think a lot of it comes from awareness, reflection, more awareness, more reflection. And then eventually I think you're able to do it in real time. Mm. When you hear people say, we didn't mesh, we didn't resonate, we weren't on the, on the same frequency. A lot of times it's because our core values aren't the same eventually you can get to the point where you're able to do that in real time. I feel like you and I would be really good buddies because I feel like we're very similar. Yeah. I don't always feel that way. Sometimes I do a show and I can tell very quickly, oh, this, this person isn't for me in that way. Mm. But that just comes with awareness, reflection, awareness, reflection, awareness, reflection. Mm, that's, that's big. When it comes to having like, you know, imposter syndrome or somebody may feel <laughs> as if they're, they're really dealing with like perfectionism or anxiety, we don't always notice that in the moment, right? And it takes that building the the muscle of awareness to be able to 
eventually realized like, ah, oh, man, like I'm, I'm, I maybe am taking myself out of this situation before I even give myself a chance. Or mm. I feel myself starting to overthink about a situation that may not even be real. Awareness is key in life. Just being able to walk into a room and just read the room, right, is awareness. So I love that you bring that up. And that's something that I have personally been working on, uh, I would say, really for like the last three or four years and just trying to continuously build my awareness in various ways. And I feel like it's, it's an ongoing journey. It's not necessarily something that you get it and it's like you're great at, like perfect at it. It's something that you will continuously grow with as you grow as a person. Yeah. So when it came to your uh, journey of building your awareness, Kevin, what was that initially like before you were able to have that awareness in the moment? Like, what was that behind the scenes of reflection and awareness like? Yeah. When I was 25, I had all the external results you could imagine. My girlfriend was a model. I had just won a bodybuilding show, so I was in the best shape of my life. Sports car, high-paying job, new apartment, all the external results that you could want. But I was very insecure internally. I was depressed. I was anxious. And I was subconsciously, unconsciously holding my partner back. She wanted to move across the country. We didn't have core aspirations. She had big goals and big dreams. I did not. And I was afraid of being left behind. She ended up leaving me, as she should have. And that was the first time I started to practice self-awareness because I remember saying, who could ever love this shadow of Kevin? Who could ever love the person I am today? I don't blame her for leaving. It makes total sense. I probably would have left myself too. So the initial awareness was I lack confidence. And until I do something to try to build my confidence, I'm going to be this way forever. And that was the first inkling I ever had of, self-awareness. And it got to the point where I said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get new clothes. I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to get some cologne and I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the mall and I'm just going to start talking to people. I'm going to talk to women. I'm going to go out there and put myself out there and see what that's like, because I've convinced myself that I can't do that. And if it goes wrong, it's going to be bad. That brought a new level of self-awareness that most of our success and or failure is, is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe you'll be successful, you'll try more stuff than someone who thinks they're not going to be successful. Mm. Okay, that's a new level of self-awareness. Then the next year, I ended up starting a podcast. That's when it was like, that's when I really, really focused on it because I was having conversations like this, mm -hmm. deep conversations about things that really mattered and fears and aspirations and goals and traumas and triggers and pasts and futures. That's when it really started. And then- in 2018, I ended up leaving my job after I had suicidal ideations, and then I was all in on this. So it really started, version one was 2016, version 1.1 1 .1 was 2017, then version five was, was 2018, and then every single day since 2018, I'm, I mean every single day, I've been focused on learning more and becoming more aware, and that is what we've built our entire business on. So in the beginning, it was just questions. Why? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel insecure? Why am I villainizing Phenom? Why am I, why am I intimidated by Phenom? Why am I not intimidated? Why do I feel safe? All of those questions helped me find a new level of self-awareness, and that's where I always suggest starting. I feel like you may have at one point read the book Start With Why. Did you buy any? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> of course. It was after oh. that, though. 
Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was more just like going through the trenches and figuring it out on your own. It was I the goal. That. Yeah, it was the I wasn't a big reader. The first book I ever read was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And I remember I listened to that on Audible while playing MLB the show. I mean, that's how committed I was to growth in the beginning. I was listening to an audiobook playing video games. I probably wasn't getting much out of it. So I was trying. My intention was subconscious were, was probably. Yeah, I guess, but not as much as it could have been. But I tried. It was it was baby steps for me. So out of curiosity, uh, hitting on that, what are some of the books that you've read that have been in like an aha moment for you over the like the last five years or so? One of the best things I've ever read was Mindset by Carol Dweck, all about the difference between fixed mindset and growth mindset. I didn't realize how fixed my mindset was. That was a game changer. Simple book, simple premise, very powerful. There's a book by Gretchen Rubin called The Four Tendencies, and it is a really powerful book to understand why you behave the way you do. I always suggest that one. Atomic Habits is huge. Mm -hmm. The Compound Effect is huge to understand momentum. A lot of a lot of my learning has been from masterminding with Alan. Mm. A lot of it has just been behind the scenes. Just as an example, when we record our episodes on Monday, we are together from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. And we sometimes get all seven episodes done. We usually don't. Yesterday, we masterminded for three hours, and then we recorded episodes for five hours. But that three hours was a deep dive into psychology and all these other things. So I do believe the coaching that I've gotten, the mentoring that I've gotten from Alan, is probably the most valuable content I've ever had the opportunity to consume. I've learned more from that, and I've spent more time doing that than than books specifically. Mm. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. Again, that's why, you know, having an accountability partner that's true to your to your core values and core goals is so important. They always say the people that you hang out with the most, you can almost be able to tell what type of future you'll have based on those, based on those individuals. So that's just another testimonial to why the show that you guys have is doing so great and is continuously impacting lives on a daily basis. Um, I wanted to backtrack for a moment because there was something you said that you had to start gaining confidence. Mm. And I I think when it comes to like the the mental challenge, the mental challenges people are facing sometimes, confidence is one of them. And they are not necessarily sure how to gain that confidence. And you said something that I think is pretty much the answer because I've also believed this myself. And when it comes to confidence, I am a huge believer that you really just have to get the reps in. And that's how you truly build the confidence. Like, if I wanted to sit here and play basketball, the best way I can be more confident about my free throws is really just going to be to shoot more free throws. And you said that you went out to the mall, you got some new clothes, got some cologne, (laughs) right? You just started talking to as many girls as possible. Is that what really, like, led to your confidence to be able to get to that next stage? Just being able to know that you can almost, like, host those conversations, be able to talk to people, talk to strangers, just be able to have a connection with them instantly. Also, how many days of the week were you going to the mall, and how long were you there? (laughs) I didn't go that many times. I probably went, I don't know, I probably went three times over the course of, like, three weekends. Because I was was Mm -hmm. traveling a lot for work at that time, so it was a whole thing. But I would, I would just, yeah, I would second what you said. It's the reps. It's, it's the reps. It took me roughly, 
150 podcast episodes to feel confident as a podcaster. And that's a lot of episodes. That that's is. a lot of episodes, <laughs> right? You would hope you'd feel confident before that. What I always tell people is I believe most of us have been lied to and most of us have been convinced that we need to set these massive goals that scare us, even though in the first place we're already afraid. You hear people say, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. I think that's, I think that looks really good on a meme. I think it <laughs> sounds really good when someone's yelling at you. I don't think it's real. I don't think that's actually how you change. If you have a level three confidence, I think you should set a level 3.1 goal. That's what I always say. Your brain knows whether or not you believe in a goal. I know people say, shoot for the moon. Your brain knows. If, if you have never been to the gym, your brain knows that you're most likely not gonna be a professional bodybuilder in a year. Your brain is very, very intelligent. So what I always tell people is, let's identify on a scale of one to 10 what you believe your current level of confidence is. Five, awesome. What's a level 5.1 goal? Mm -hmm. Not, I wanna do a TED talk. That's probably too big. Have you ever spoken into your cell phone on a video and then watched it back? Start there. Then send it to one friend. Then send it to three friends. Then send it to your family. Then post it on Facebook. Now you're building confidence. So I would agree with you 100%. I think we have to chunk down the things that scare the heck out of us into things that don't scare the heck out of us. Then we'll do it. We get exposure therapy to that. We realize, oh, that's not as bad as I, I thought it was gonna be. Let me do it again. Raise the stakes, raise the stakes, raise the stakes. If you gave the podcast to me from today, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I wasn't confident enough yet. But right. now I've done so many reps that this is my comfort zone. I've just done this so many times. This is just what I do. But that crosses over. If I do meet someone out in public, I am very comfortable talking to them because I have so many reps in that. Mm. If I seem more confident, it's just because I have more practice. Mm. And I think confidence at the end of the day is knowing something is figure outable. When you do something long enough, you know it's figure outable because you've probably made that mistake many times. So you know what levers to pull. Why are airline pilots more confident than I am when it comes to flying a plane? They've done it a lot more and they know what those buttons do. There's a lot of buttons in the cockpit. They know what they do and they know that most things are figure outable. Mm, I love that. I, I really love that you brought up the point that it took around 150 episodes for you to really start feeling confident with podcasting because as we heard in the beginning, you are over 1,400 episodes in. That's, so that was 150 episodes was very early on, but at the same time, the 150 probably felt like you have been doing this for a minute. Because <laughs> I know for me personally, this episode that we're doing right now may be overall, I want to say, like my 88th or 89th episode that I've done total. Each one probably being around, I would say, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. They just range. But like you said, I'm starting to get into the zone where I'm I'm feeling confident that I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm a podcaster. I can hop mm. on to the show and have a conversation with anybody. Um, previously, if you probably would have hit me show 20 before, I'd be like, oh, shoot, I, I have to do <laughs> like a three-hour, two-hour deep dive session, really figure out what I'm about to do with this probably stress about it, all things of that nature. But it was the reps of continuously doing this. 
getting feedback as well. I think that's one thing that adds a confidence that I don't think a lot of people capitalize on. Mm. It's just getting feedback because it's one thing to continuously get those reps in, but you have to know how you're doing with those reps. Yeah. Right. Because they could be just wasted reps. So getting feedback from people, um, just understanding how you continuously improve in that way, it's almost like it's you're you're moving with intention at that point. And that's yeah. how you can is it, again get that confidence. So speaking of intention, you realize that after when we were hearing your bio, after a near suicide attempt, attempt that you started to move with intention, really wanted to learn more about self-improvement, and that's when you wanted to help other people. When it came to that, how did you decide that you wanted to help other people? Like, how were you able to figure out with that intention, like, you know what? I want to be able to change other people's lives because for some, they may want to just be focused on themselves. And you're just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I want to turn my uh, my life around. But you decided to take the selfless route and say, you know what? I want to touch thousands. How are you able to move with that type of intention? How are you able to flip that switch for uh, to be selfless? I think that switch has always been there. I just didn't have a vehicle to deliver the purpose in. Mm. So when I was in high school, I was one of the, the captains of my baseball team and we used to do baseball camps. And as much as I didn't like waking up because we were probably staying up the night before drinking, I always loved coaching the kids. It was always so much fun to help these kids figure out how to swing or hit curveballs or whatever. If you fast forward, Long before the podcast, I was coaching people. I just didn't know it. Mm. I was coaching people on relationships. I was coaching people on habits. I was coaching people on fitness. I ended up being a personal trainer. I've always wanted to and valued and been fulfilled by helping people. I never had a a vehicle that I really believed in. So even before the podcast, I was thinking about starting a clothing line. I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted to do it never, it never really saw the light of day. But when I, when I found podcasting and when I was interviewed on a show and then I said, wow, imagine if you could do that for a living. And then someone said, there's people out there that do. That's when the, the vehicle became real to me. I think many people, Phenom, a lot of questions I get are around purpose. How do you find your purpose? I believe people know their purpose more than they give themselves credit to. What they don't know is the vehicle. A purpose is I want to help a unique person in a unique way solve a unique problem. The vehicle is how the heck am I going to do it? How the heck am I going to make it profitable? How am I going to get over getting laughed at by all my friends and peers? How am I going to do that into the future? How is that going to affect my world? I think the the purpose, we all want to help something. That's what a purpose is for most of us. And usually you want to help someone get over the thing that you figured out how to get yourself through. So I think that's part of it too. And the vehicle is the thing that is challenging. So I think the purpose has always been there, but I think once the vehicle highlighted itself, that's when I was all in and I realized, oh my goodness, this is amazing. People are reaching out. I'm genuinely changing people's lives, Mm. which is wild and extremely humbling to me. Then it got locked in. So I think it's something that I've always had. I just never knew how to deliver it to the world. And once I did, it started to make a lot more sense. Mm, that was a bar. I've gotten that question sometimes as well, but not probably not nearly as much as you've gotten. And whenever I get the question of, how do I figure out what my purpose is? 
I typically tell them you have to figure out what is it that you're naturally good at. Mm. That you don't really feel as if you have to put much effort into. And then you almost want to combine that with what people are giving you praise for, right? So in your case, it was people were saying, oh, you've been changing my life. You're really good with coaching. But you maybe didn't know that you were good with coaching, even though you could possibly feel that way in your heart. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing really good coaching these kids. But you were able to see the results from coaching. And the mm-hmm. the, um, the students, the, the athletes, right, the clients that you had were all telling you they were giving you praise that you were doing a great job with coaching. You're just like, you know what? Now I can actually figure out how to combine these two together to actually make, you know, a, a purpose-driven vehicle. And then that's when you can essentially start doing the research for it. And I think that's something a lot of people, whoever, you know, the audience that's listening to this right now, think of, take a moment to really think about that. What is it that you're naturally good at? And what is it that people are always telling you that they're good at? Or almost that they feel when they leave your presence, that their cup is full. Because I think that's one of the biggest things. If you can mm-hmm. give somebody the feeling of, of their cup being full, that is where you're supposed to be. It truly is. So A couple other questions, oh, too. One is, what would I find you talking about on a Friday night? Ooh. What are you just passionately talking about with, with aligned people on a Friday night? One of, again, long before I was the person you see in front of you, I was hanging out with one of my friends and he said, Hey, I have a group of friends. I want you to meet them. I think you're going to like them. And I was like, all right, cool. And we went bowling together. And when we went back to their house, we stayed up until two o'clock in the morning. And I essentially did a speech where I was talking about self-improvement and I was talking about chasing your dreams. That was long before I ever had any goals of being a speaker. And I think that was a Friday night. And that was just, (laughs) I was just going, I was like, Oh my goodness, you like what I'm saying. This is amazing. So that's an important question. And then another one is what makes you so incredibly angry, so incredibly sad that you cannot move forward without doing something about it? Mm. My So Alan's girlfriend, Emilia, went to the Great Barrier Reefs and she realized that the Great Barrier Reefs are more like a Great Barrier Cemetery when she went. Mm. That shifted her perspective around sustainability and the environment and that became part of her purpose because it made her so incredibly upset. So that's another thing is, what do you get very, very emotional about? That's probably a hint that there's something there for you that you feel like you could be doing more. Those are a couple a couple questions. And I love that. What are you good at? What comes easy to you? What do people comment on? Yeah, those are all, those are all really good questions. But you got to try stuff too. You never know, mm-hmm. right? You never know what the vehicle is. Who knows? Podcasting for me. There's other people who are rappers who have positive messages and that's part of their purpose. So you got to figure out the vehicle too. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I had seen a podcast episode one time that said podcasters and rappers are more similar than you think. Mm. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, they're both essentially getting a message across, telling a story in a studio of some sort. You know, they have somebody that's mastering the, the audio Maybe they have a whole production and they have like music. So it was so it's funny that you bring that up because I had seen an episode one time uh, that I was talking about that. And depending on your perspective, it can definitely be true. Um, but that's that's everything that you said. I, I love that because when it comes to and I, I won't I don't want to dive too deep into confidence, um, but it's, it's just true because a person truly does have to get those reps in. You do have to also 
go out there and just figure out what you may like. And to even just give a, like a very quick backstory, I wanted to be an engineer when I was little. And then I had the opportunity to go do a, a internship with a baseball team to work with their broadcast uh, department. And I took it because I just, they were going to offer me free food every single baseball game. So I took it because of that. <laughs> but I ended up staying because I enjoyed the storytelling aspect of broadcast and be able to essentially show people all across the city and like the world, whoever's watching it, how they can see the game through my eyes. And then that's when I really started to dive deep into storytelling and started to develop the, the entire skill of storytelling. And it's all started from broadcasting. And that all came from taking a, a leap of faith for some free food and just trying something different. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you also, you know, what were some of those like leaps that you took of, you know what, this doesn't interest me at all, but I'm going to do this anyway, just because, because I feel like a lot of people should just venture out more because it's like you say, you never know what you may like. Yeah. Everything speaking. I never wanted to be a speaker. I never had planned on being a speaker even being an entrepreneur and a business owner, I didn't I didn't want to do that. That was never a goal I had set. I remember when we were filing paperwork, it was like, oh, I guess this is what we have to do. I'm not really super interested in this. But now I love it. Now I love being a business owner. That coaching, I absolutely hated coaching in the beginning. Mm. For me, coaching was a means to an end. That was the only way I knew how to make money in the beginning. In, in two years in, two and a half years in, I'm broke. I'm $30,000 in credit card debt. I got to figure out how to make money. So I started coaching, but I had a, a ton of imposter syndrome around coaching. I had a ton of scarcity around coaching. And now I coach, I don't even know. I probably have 10 calls a week coaching. So that's a big part of what I do now. I wonder if it's connect, if it's this simple where I do believe Phenom that anybody who has done as many episodes as I have done could get to the point that we're at in terms of the confidence of speaking. I'm not saying you'll have the same business or any of that because there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But the thing is, you got to go through the first 150 where you think you suck. And I just wonder if we just made an agreement with ourselves that said, you know what? I'm okay with sucking at this until I don't suck at it anymore. I wonder if we would be more willing to go to the broadcast booth and say, well, there's food here and whatever. I'll just see what happens. Or I don't know, going to the gym and saying, well, I don't really know what exercises to do, but I'll never know what exercises to do if I don't practice long enough. Hmm. I know that's hyper logical and there's not a lot of emotion in there, but I think that frame for people would be very beneficial. I believe anybody could get 1500 podcast episodes in, but you got to get through the 150 that suck. I don't know if it's that simple. I don't, it probably isn't, but just that frame of hmm. one of the reasons, one of the reasons we're not really good at the things that we want to be really good at it is because we, weren't okay with sucking for a long enough period of time. Mm. And it just, it is par for the course. You have to have deliberate practice. Deliberate mm. practice means you're going to make mistakes. You're going to reflect on those mistakes. And you're going to say, how do I, how do I improve them? If you do that for long enough, you can, you can get really good. Mm. I love that. I really do. I was having that coach, uh, that conversation with my boxing coach the other day. Because mm. um, he was basically, I was asking for feedback and like things I need to work on, all things of that nature. And he was telling me, and he was just like, you truly just have to get the hours of like shadow boxing in. Like the more that you shadow box with intention, the better that you'll get. It's not yeah. always going to be the sparring. It's not going to be 
the bag work. It's going to be the hours that you're going to put in with shadow boxing with intention, you know, with the intention of drilling a specific thing down, trying to get better, all things of that nature. And that's when you'll start to see that translate over to your sparring and fighting, all things of that nature. So it's, it's funny that you say it because I was literally just having a conversation about that recently. And it's <laughs> so true. Like I see that happen so often in life. Like you really just have to put in that hours of work and, you know, be comfortable being bad at it at first because we all have to take that first step eventually. You all have to take that first step. And that first step is going to be ugly. But you have to be fine with that in order to get to the end of the road, right? You can't run a marathon without taking the first step. Mm-mm. So you have to be able to take that first step and just understand that it's going to be rough on the way there. But when you get there, oh, it's going to be nice. <laughs> it's going to be nice. <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, I want to ask you one or two last questions sure. wrapping up here today. One question that you may have heard from other show. I, I love this question so much because I think it gives so much perspective. What is success to you? Success to me means being the most holistically well-rounded I can be. So being the healthiest, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, wealthiest, not just in the amount of money I have, but what I'm doing with the money and the abundance that that money brings me and the opportunities to impact and, and change lives. So those two, and then the most in love with my life, with myself, with my business, with my wife, with my schedule, for me, it really is creating a life of fulfillment, a sustainable life of fulfillment. It isn't the amount of money in the bank account. It's not It's not as much the external stuff as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I genuinely love my life. My, my life is very challenging and it's a privilege to choose the challenge that we have. So I'm not complaining. It's very challenging, but I'm the most fulfilled I've ever been. So right now I would also say I'm the most successful I've ever been. So for me, it really is that. It's feeling fulfilled, feeling on purpose while impacting people like we are and growing and contributing towards something that I most likely never will actually accomplish. But I do love the journey. And it's a journey I intend on being on forever. And was this always what success was to you? Definitely 10 not. years ago? No, I, I just wanted to be jacked and I want to have a bunch of money and have a bunch of cars and all that stuff and... I wanted people to think I was successful. Success to me was somebody telling me mm-hmm. I was successful. I don't, that's not it anymore. I, it doesn't, that doesn't move me. It's, it's more about what I feel than anything else. I have to feel it. Mm-hmm. I can't have somebody else tell me what I am. I have to feel it. And when I feel it, that's a good suggestion that I'm on the right path at least. That's amazing. I love, I love that, that switch. I love the switch. That you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was, it was one thing, but now you're like, you know what? It's a lot more holistic. It's what I feel, what I feel in my heart, what I feel when I wake up every single day, knowing that mm. you know I'm having some sort of impact. I'm doing the best I can. I have you know, like the best relationships overall, like uh, with my life. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, so, Kevin, wrapping up here, you know, how can people find you? How can they support you? Just search Next Level University. I think that's the easiest way. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube, so all of our episodes are there. And yeah, I would just give it a listen. That's that's the best thing you can do to support us is support yourself and mm. focus on your own self-improvement, your own growth, that. I know a lot of people say, oh, reach out for coaching and all that. The podcast is free. It's always going to be free. It's a great opportunity to get a little bit better every day. We'll be in your pocket every single day. 
and you can get better with us together. So that, that would be the best way I would say. I love that. Well, thank you so much again for taking time uh, out of your morning to be with us here on the show. Again, y'all, this has been another episode of Verifying Phenoms, and we will catch you on the very next episode.